BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka golden ticket scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated golden ticket scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Hey, y'all. You want to get saucy, pert, and greasy with the ladies from someplace underneath? Well, then slip and slide right on down to Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Country Jamboree from Last Podcast Network is June 18th. Tickets out now. Get on. While they're spicy. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah, It's Nashville, baby. <laughs> I feel like I'm perpetuating stereotype. Get on. Come on. We howl. Again, just an overall blanket content warning. We will be discussing suicide quite a bit in this episode and kind of throughout all of it. And there will also be some discussion of spiritual and religious abuse. Someplace underneath. Long in the tooth today. Is that the right phrase? What does long in the tooth mean? I have Old? never heard of that phrase in my entire life. That's like screw the pooch. Someone mentioned that to me and I was like, I know that's a Michael Che joke, but I was like, huh? What do you mean screw the pooch? Long in the tooth? Yeah. Who are our ancestors? I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. I mean it in the sense that uh, we just got, we did a whirlwind two day Vegas vacation and uh, I'm tired. (laughs) So Um, time means nothing to you because you stay up till like 5 a.m. in Vegas, take a little disco nap and get up and do tequila shots. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you need like a three day cap on Vegas for sure. Um, And I really don't go till 5 a.m. very often. So we definitely did that. Natalie doesn't party till 5 a.m. Oh, I do. I do party, but it's turned into... um, just at our house. <laughs> right. Don't go anywhere. My roommate said um, a party the other day and I I turned the pe- the pillow. Turn the pillow at 10:30. I was like, I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is gen- generally what I also do. But yeah, I know we went to um the they have a, a leg there called Omega Mart. Meow Wolf is a like an artist collective. Oh, I thought it was a bar. I was like, tell me more about this lesbian disco. Well, Meow there, Wolf. there are bars amongst it. It's one of the most badass 
places you can go, but you should definitely check it out if you go to Vegas. It's called Omega Mart, and it's basically like you walk through an art piece that's made by like 50 artists and there's stuff you like you find doorways you have to crawl through and there's slides and all this crazy shit it's super trippy and surrealist and that's the kind of new age medicine that i like it's just like having my mind blown by all these art installations that are like lights and stuff shooting up you there's a room that's just strobing there's right. like, it's cool. That's it's cool. fun. Yeah, yeah, I like that about the artist community. Like, push my my boundaries in this weird room. Don't touch me. No. Don't touch my privates. But I'm here. I want to see the light show. You know, I want to like slide down a slide. Like, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah it is. Is it like a haunted house for acid? Yeah, kind of. So that's, that's to me more of how I wanted to embrace the universe, I think. Right. Yeah. Slides. Slides. You like the silly. With me, I like to like light some candles and go lay down outside and like look at the stars. Well, that's also great. Yeah. Like very mellow, sort of breathing from my diaphragm. Like that's how I embrace spirit. (laughs) And then just start my period immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to do that if it will stop my period currently. I would wish that it would stop. (laughs) You know, we all have our different ways to connect with the spirit and the earth and and the stars and align everything. And I know that some people have found that in teal. And this is us bringing up the, this is we're closing up our teal swan series this week. So intense. Yeah. Part of me, like, if, part of me feels kind of bad for, for bringing all this stuff up. I'm, I'm not here to invalidate, you know, anyone's experience yeah. with spirit and, and finding connection and finding healing. Maybe they really need it. Maybe like someone has had a, a, a troublesome past and here's a woman with these big, beautiful eyes telling you it's going to be OK. Yeah. Don't ever trust her. <laughs> no, but they may have. They may have come across some videos and listening to TL helped them. And, you know, when I was super broke and and working and couldn't afford a bed let alone mental health care yeah um you know somebody turned me on to the secret and it helped me a lot at the time yeah isn't that all about like your thoughts dictating your world yeah it's like manifestate it's the same exact shit that Teal does. it all starts um, from the same thing and then cut to chapter 12 right <laughs> yeah and so you know i i I'm really not trying to stomp down on like the new age philosophy. I, I think a lot of it is actually really helpful and it can be very healing. With Teal, though, or anyone who considers themselves the guru point, you know, the secret is like a collection of different people talking. So there's not really you're not listening to one person mm-hmm. with Teal and, and like people like her. I do feel a little bit. Like I'm kicking a door into a room full of kids and screaming, Santa's not real, you fucks. And they're just like, ha, 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 and running out the door. Um, your whole mindset is false. Yeah. I hope, I hope all of your healing goes away. Yeah. Life is gray. Get over it. Yeah. 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 I feel a little bit like that. But then, you know, I then you have to go back and look at one of Teal's former partners or former tribe members or former intentional living mates comes forward on some platform or another with these seemingly earnest point-by-point concerns and grievances and warnings about Teal, the comment section is usually filled with her followers, and it is um, quite reactionary. I've really looked and looked through these comments on so many different videos, and I really can't usually find someone that's pushing back with evidence or 
different insight or even questions. They kind of just immediately go to name calling. Oh, man. Yeah. I, like every time I'm in a debate, I don't like to say the word debate because I didn't go to private school. But um, <laughs> but like I, I never like to like make fun of someone's appearance or their voice. He's like, well, you talk like this. So fuck you, because it's not really hitting back with anything. Right. It's like the same thing when you you know, there's a political candidate who's a woman who you don't like and you're like, well, you're fucking, she's a slut anyway. Yeah. You know, she, her, her nose, her teeth are all snaggly. Yeah, you old like, bitch. And I was like, whoa, yeah. I don't I don't agree with her, but I'm not talking about that. Right, and that also weakens your argument. Yeah, You have to turn to that. So that's a little bit what I see with these people who are like clearly very hurt and are trying to speak on it and the people who come to defend her you know, call them haters and, and call them crazy or like, you're just jealous of her beauty. Why are you so full of hate? But never actually addressing what their concerns are oh, about all of it. because they're too afraid to face it. Yeah, which is unfortunately, that's another sign of being under somebody's spell because you you don't want to hear what, what they're saying. And so then it just, was, yeah. you're just, oh, well, you're just doing this because you're jealous. Any kind of religion or following, the leader should say openly, this is what it is. Right. And if there's any kind of secrets or I can't let you know that until you take these courses, mm -hmm. now we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, I also, I get why somebody would be defensive if, this person, Teal, really helped them and seemed like, you know, they were struggling and this person seemed to just appear on their screen and just pull them out of a fire single-handedly. I, I could see getting defensive about somebody addressing these other side, the side that you're not necessarily interested in seeing. So, I mean, I'll, I'll still defend the benefits of the secret to people. I, I'm, I, you know, getting defensive again by name calling is, you know, to, to someone who says that this guru told them to kill themselves, then her, her, you know, her followers come in and start defaming this person. It's like, this is a pretty serious accusation and, and you have to at least come at it with some form of logical discord. Like, you know, we can't just go like, well, fuck you, you're stupid. Like, <laughs> that's not really That could be fun, it. though. I mean, sure. Yeah, fuck I, you. <laughs> that's what you do in your home quietly, you know. You just you can stare at the screen and scream at them. You don't want to, like, send that out into the world because it doesn't actually make you look very good. And, you know, honestly, at the very least, it's not a glowing example of the benefits of Teal's methodology if, like, these are her subscribers who are finding like oneness and wholeness with teal and then they're coming online going you're a hater yeah um, you should want people to dissect your message right and look at it from all sides right that was one of my problems with like early on in christianity when i came to america and it was just like this is the law and mm -hmm. i was like but what if we looked at it from this way and people would get so irrationally upset yeah and not want to talk to me about it yeah which is you know another red flag <laughs> um, but yeah. And I just want to say, you know, at the top, if you found some teal videos and they jive with you and you felt they helped, we're not here to try to take that away from anybody. If teal help, helps you, that's awesome. Fucking rock and roll. Please do whatever you need to do to find peace and contentment in this wretched world we live in. It's not actually, I think there's lots of good in the world. But yeah. however, as somebody who, you know, has at least read a lot on people who professionally have studied cults, charismatic leaders and, and stuff like that. And somebody whose entire life at this point revolves around studying cults and charismatic leaders and their escalating behaviors. 
as you know, as well as everyone in my family, you know, the number of flags that go off around Teal, the number is too great to be glossed over completely. Um, no one's perfect, nor would I expect any thought leader to be that. But someone who is running a commune, or as she calls it, an intentional community. And taking money, right? Oh, yeah. The, all the way back to the beginning of her, her journey, all the people around her were paying for everything. And people are coming to her seminars with their personal belongings so that she can touch them with her energy charging. Oh, wow. So like I can like bring a cell her, phone. <laughs> really? My cell phone? She can like energy charge it? I, I love to see you try to do that. But people will bring their stones and stuff and they... She'll, she'll hold them to charge them filled full of her energy. I guess if you want it bad enough and your brain is in that place, then to you, it is energy charged. For sure. I get a little concerned when it's a specific human being that is the only person who can charge their rocks. But yes, I agree. I think that there's not, these are all things that I think in individually would be okay. But then when you start adding in that, and she says she has superpowers, and she says her paintings have magical healing qualities. And she says she has the answer for people who are suicidal. And her past is at the very least questionable. And all these number of people from her past who have issued warnings about her. We have to discuss yeah. those things. And she's half alien. And she, there's so many things. But yes, one of the things she is is half alien. I mean, she honestly, like getting people to pay for her shit, Sam, I'm half alien. Like, I kind of wish I could do that. She's like, sure. yeah, let's go to the steakhouse, baby. I'm half alien. Filet mignon. And again... If that was one of the things and it was like the only one of those things, I'd be like, cool, you're an artist or whatever. But then adding all these other layers with it, um, you know, it's it's not qualifications to give people mental health advice when they're in their, you know, crisis modes. Especially when your brain is so feeble, you need to go to somebody with an actual doctorate. Yes. And, and she will, which we'll talk about, she openly states that she seeks out people who are desperate you know <laughs> I, uh so yeah there are there are families and friends suffering on the other end of teal's teachings people who don't get much attention um who have lost loved ones both mentally and sometimes physically to her and we owe it to them to at least explore these grave concerns that people have so there's a few avenues we need to discuss this week mm-hmm I will say this episode is brought to you by the words objective reality. Wow, that's like sounds so smart. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too far into the weeds with the philosophical stuff because don't turn off everybody. Nobody turn it off. Don't. I'm not going to be talking about philosophy. Everybody stay with me. <laughs> but quickly, subjective, objective and relative truths are really important to discern the difference between. Oh, so subjective, objective and relative. So like I'm drinking a seltzer mm -hmm. is the rel the objective reality is I'm drinking a seltzer. Yes. Subjective is maybe the seltzer is in me. The seltzer is filling you with um, good intentions because you've you've been you, the the flavor of that seltzer is supposed to have specific natural healing pathologies that like, you know, bring you calmness. Yeah, just some some random thing. So that's okay. subjective because that's not really provable. And it's also you've decided it kind yeah. of or somebody's decided it for you. Mm -hmm. And and relative, we won't be talking too much about, but the basically relative is like you it's based on the information that you have. So it's true because 
maybe you don't have all of the information, but the part of the information you have, you're telling. Oh, right. Like the nutrition fact label. Right. Okay. So the TLDR version is just because you feel like something is true, if it doesn't correlate with our shared present physical truth, the world is not required to bend to your thoughts. Oh, man. But so many times I'm like, I'm feeling something's true. Yes. And, you know, sometimes sure. I'm right. Yep. And and we all do it. It's emotionally, usually emotionally driven. Yeah. And we can, you know, we can all kind of agree on that concept, I think. But, you know, then we run into issues whenever I'm saying something like, Amber, I feel like you were for a time running a like fake Save the American Bald Eagles nonprofit organization. Oh, I never did that. Uh, no, you were funneling money into your personal bank account. Wait, what? Yeah. Do Listen, you feel it? Yeah, it's my truth. So don't attack me. Holy shit, I'm going to jail. Yeah. Um, I've been doing memory recovery and I have this strong memory of you and I sitting down in the backyard. I can feel the the breeze on me. And we were talking, it was a few years ago. You told me how you were broke and you were telling me you had this great idea about scamming eagles out of money. And you were like, fuck those stupid eagles. I hate them. They're idiots. And I'm going to I'm gonna pretend like I'm going to help them and I'm going to steal all the money. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't remember saying that. I, this is, that's my truth, though. Shit. I have this memory. So, um, I mean, you're in big trouble. So that's what we would call subjective truth or in other words, something that is potentially not real that's scary i feel like you did this it's my opinion that you told people you were going to go heal american bald eagles with your own hands and you needed their money to accomplish it this is something that teal employs a lot of in her teaching because she encourages memory recovery just like her former therapist disgraced barbara snow who we talked a lot about last who episode. broke in there with a baseball bat and started beating up the house yeah that's so funny Isn't i mean it? it's not funny but just this <laughs> angry woman <laughs> yep still still able to go get therapy from her right now i'm just picturing like talbot's casuals like talbot separates you know like yeah. the cardigan sweater oh she's fully rocking like a um cowl necked sweater for sure with like the shoulder cutouts whatever that's called she's i think she's too demure for that she wouldn't show a shoulder that's more of a teal thing she came from the mormon community so i think it's more like snowy white colored things and she's got the full karen haircut now Jeez. um I have to play some, I'll post, I'll post some of the videos of her from when she was younger. Too. I feel like all of those like Christmas shops that are open year round yes. are like dedicated to these kind of women. Absolutely. Where you can go buy like the little trinkets, ornaments that hang on your tree, but it's like July and you're like, but I need it. Yeah. Um, if you went to one of those, you would see a woman who was an exact replica, I promise you, of Barbara <laughs> Snow. So she does this just like Barbara Snow did. And so, you know, hey- What's the big deal with living within a realm of what's true to you, which is an expression that Teal uses? Whoa. Well, in one interview, this is uh, Teal's words. But I have a question. Uh, yeah. It oh. could be true to you, but not true to me. So who died and made you king shit? You know what I mean? Um, Listen, you're attacking me and my truth right now. <laughs> And I think you're a hater. Oh, my God. That is my you're a hater. That is my new favorite expression to say. I've only said it a couple times. Yeah. But when somebody tried to boss me around, I'd be like, who died and made you king shit? I love it. It's fun. Um, but that is a good question to ask if somebody's telling you a crazy thing that you're supposed to believe. Then you do. You should ask them. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, so this is Teal's own words. To us, it's all about the truth. And we have an addiction to it. We have this absolute addiction, worldwide addiction to the idea that we have to know what is true, which is just ridiculous because most of us are killing ourselves with what we think is true. So the question is, why do you want truth to begin with? I want truth because I think I will be happier if I have the truth. Okay, well, what if the truth is this and that makes you feel like crap? Does that really make you feel better? Why are we going about it the long way? Why not just decide that what matters is that you feel good? It's the only reason you want the truth anyway. And most of the time when people realize that, life becomes a bit more soft. You know, it becomes a bit more about does this benefit me, not is it true? Whoa, <laughs> that is manipulation at its finest. Yeah. I feel like she's massaging my shoulders in a hot tub, getting me out of a bikini. I mean, for real. And just that last sentence is really haunting to me. And honestly, sometimes I don't want to be a negative Nancy here, but sometimes it, life can be crap. And that's the fucking truth. And I mean, I think that's actually what makes it good and beautiful. Is yeah, that it, it does. It is peaks and valleys. So you have to normal. look at it and then try to make it better. That's why right. I don't like this metaverse shit, because they're just like, put on the goggles and you can lay in a field. I'm like, no, yeah, I want to no. make my house the field. Right. I want this world better. I agree. Um, but yeah, that her last sentence, it becomes a bit more about does this benefit me not is it true Jeez. is exactly that methodology we just did the practice of where i just decided that you had done this thing because and that any you. money you have is based on this scam that you ran and it's on then the burden is on you to disprove this happen and even though i have no evidence of it so this is what she's kind of teaching people who are are hurting essentially is like we'll do this you know memory regression thing and like who cares if it really happened or not, if it's making you feel a little bit better? Um, so, yeah, like trying to get the objective truth to change into your subjective or relative truth that may not really exist can obviously cause a lot of damage, um, a lot of shrapnel. It's like trying to push a square peg through a round hole. You know, if you spend enough time trying to smash it, smash it, smash it in. You might succeed eventually, you know, but then the square pegs corners are all fucking ripped to shreds and a piece of it flew off and hit somebody in the eye. The circle looks like it got gaped in a brazer's porn. There's a blood everywhere. You have to take the person who got impaled in the eye to the emergency room. My God, there's blood everywhere. And that's your truth, Natalie. Yeah. So, you know, trying to push a, a subjective truth through into the re the world we all share can create a lot of chaos. Yeah. Because it's only existing in your own head. So you can see that on a wider scale with like medical and political disinfo. We see this right now a lot in society. There's a lot of shit going yeah. on that's just like, we've decided everything's real and nothing's real at the same time. I know this might sound very privileged of me, but I had to stop using Twitter. I only tweet about it's horrible. what music do you like to go to the gym? I made this today just because every time I get on there, there's just like different news sources of what's going on and I don't know who to believe. And then I'm not even trusting my own reality. Yeah, I, I get what you say by being privileged just because you can get free news there. But also, I, I don't think it's privileged because it's it's manipulation in a lot of ways. And so, you know, it's awful. I I, I hate I hate it with every fiber of my being. Yeah, it's truly a hellscape. Yeah, um, <laughs> it does. It will that will not help your mental health. I can I can guarantee you, 
if you're looking for stress reduction, don't go do look at Twitter. There's nothing that will make you feel any better. And not just because like, oh, you can't look at the news, but it's you are being manipulated by 70,000 sources at the same time and it's not going to help you. No. So, yeah, chaos, you know. So with Teal's mind and her perspective, her methods work on someone who cares if it's based on lies, if it helps someone recover from a trauma or feel a little bit better. You know, there are so many problems with this. Um, for one, suicidality is not a one-size-fits-all problem, but she does implement it always like this because it's what worked for her personally. And uh, I, I'm not going to try to armchair diagnose her, but it seems like she may have a little bit of an issue with feeling empathy in general. Ooh. I think, yeah, that's a lot of people, though. Yeah, sure. I think yeah. she might be a f one on the very far end of the spectrum of people of not being able to feel it, perhaps. You know Shit. what I mean? Do you think maybe like something really did happen as a kid and she just had to push those emotions way down? Again, I'm an armchair psychic here. Not psychic, therapist. I love being an armchair psychic. There, <laughs> You're just like, yeah, you're going to get a new car in four months. Just like start saying shit at people. Armchair psychic. No, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. we don't. We have no idea. There could have been a, abuse, but sometimes this is just genetics, and who knows? Who knows what happened? Never a straight answer. We're getting getting a NASA over here, but so even though you know several of Teal's followers have died by suicide, I'm not going to sit here and blame Teal for causing every person who's watched her videos. And then proceeded to self-harm on her. You know, it's not because they watched it doesn't mean that's why they did it. A lot of her followers come to her in deep pain and are in a last resort scenario. And it's as such, odds there are probably going to be a fraction that will end up hurting themselves. Um, and some of them have. And I, again, when we're talking about her her Facebook groups and her, people who've watched her videos and talked to the community, but not directly with her. I'm not necessarily going to sit there and point the finger and say that this is Teal's fault that she did this. But the problem is... It's not like she's helping the situation. No, a lot of times... I mean, some people have feel very much like they were helped by her. Maybe she's not really like coming up with like brand new ideas, but it doesn't matter. I mean... Yes, I think that sometimes she also is plagiarizing quite a bit, but, you know, that can, it's new age stuff. It can help some people. And her, she delivers it in a really beautiful package and she has a very mm -hmm. fluid voice. But these people who are reaching out, in Teal's own words, she's seeking them, which is a bit of a problem. Most people were going through a fucking huge crisis, like gun to your head type of crisis. And then, you know, they typed in something like, how do I not kill myself? And my videos popped up and then they just... I specifically try to go for tags and things like that that get to capture that audience. And when you're in a desperate state, it's, you're not, it's not sophisticated. People, like, when they're in that state, they type in shit like, I just lost my mother, what the fuck do I do? Literally, that will be the Google tagline. So even when we're doing videos, we'll add things like that so that if someone's suicidal or if somebody's just had a breakup or whatever, that's the video that comes up. This reminds, it sounds like a dude at the bar just waiting around for all the drunk girls at 2 a.m. Um, a little bit. It's a little bit that. It really is. That is... Woo, that is like smart and sneaky. And I mean, she's right. Definitely when my dad died, I typed in like, my dad died, what the fuck do I do? I, I typed that in mm -hmm. and she's right. Thank God these videos didn't come up Yeah, at that time. So that is, I could see one side arguing that, oh, she's just trying to help people and she thinks she can help them. And maybe she does, but 
it's also really exploitative because it always leads to them buying things from her ultimately, you know, oh. and like just kind of getting caught in this loop of her videos. Your um, parent died. Here's a keychain. So the, the the host Jennings Brown, he goes on to reveal in this series that he happened upon Teal in the first place by having the YouTube video from the MASH. Uh, I forget if we talked about this in the last episode, but I'm going to keep put. I'm going to keep it in here that in the first place, he, the reason that she, he he found her and uh, to do this whole series, he had been watching the MASH theme song on YouTube. So, you know, the MASH. It's a, it was a show from the 70s. Um, but the name of the song is Suicide is Painless. Wow, I didn't know that same as song. Mash is like a beloved, like yeah. sweet show. Oh, it's dark. It's a dark comedy. Oh, I did. I've never seen Mash. It's it, um, yeah, no, it's a beloved show, but it is. It's about war. You know, it's people in the middle of a war, essentially. Oh, so. I thought it was like a war show that was like. No? It's pretty dark. Okay, but like in, you know, it's a, it's still a funny show. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So even though you don't hear the the um words on the theme songs and the show when it shows playing. The song itself has lyrics and it's called Suicide is Painless. Suicide is painless. And so he had just been playing that for an innocuous reason. He just had it on. And because the word suicide was in the video title, she her videos popped up on his feed. And that's how he started finding her. Well, that is fucking Instagram hashtag girl boss right there. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Whoa. For sure. Um that is marketing. That is marketing genius. Yeah, it's genius and other other things. I yeah, think. I mean, not in a good way. But no, like, for sure, for sure. So, in some cases, and her own followers have said this openly, when they're having these feelings and they're writing stuff into the internet, it feels like divine in intervention, and she doesn't necessarily tell them that it's actually just capitalism. That she's typing stuff in to find them, and but when they when she pops up, it's like, oh my god, this angel of death has has shown up, and she's so beautiful, and this is exactly how did the universe know I needed this? And it's like, well, wow, it does feel like like her voice, her eyes, her presence. It does feel like a gift. Yeah, sure, you know, and I think it's. Fair to say, uh, by the way, that we as a society do not have adequate means, even in the professional health field, to deal with suicidality. It is a huge problem. And even though we have resources and, and that's good, there's really not a ton of research done into um, suicide. And and so a lot of people, even who would maybe want to go to a therapist, there's not a lot of therapists who actually know how to deal with that. So I understand how desperate people can feel and that how she can feel like this like this thing that came from the universe to help them. But her employment of the recovered memory stuff comes from her idea, you know, that all trauma stems from stuff that happens before age eight, which is pretty verifiably not true. No, plenty of stuff could happen to you after eight. Yeah. I would say until I was eight, I was pretty happy. That's see, that's great. For me. I guess, you know what? I think you're wrong, though, Amber, because we oh, probably no. need to go back. We need to go back and find it. Oh, no, and that's your truth, Natalie. It's no. my truth. Yep, it's my truth. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll, like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, commuter connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. You know, when a lot of times, a lot of us, when we're feeling desperate or, or in pain, we need to try to find some reason to justify it. And I think in, in general, that's that's somewhat is therapy, but someone like Teal or someone like, you know, in the middle of Scientology, um, they want to kind of man, like manifest a reason, not necessarily an actual reason. So that's when Teal helps people recover things. And quite often that involves sexual violence from a family member. Damn, sometimes it could be like brain chemistry. Sure. And you need medicine. Sure. You need a doctor to say, this will help fire the neurons in your brain so you're not feeling that way. Right. And it can be a lot more complicated than just, uh, not that, you know, just like, it's not as easy as you just were molested. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it feelings are complicated. So it could come from a feeling rejected by your mom for something and, and then continuing a cycle of something and something, something. It's not necessarily always like, a demon person came in and stabbed me with a fork. Of course, that happens. Family, familial sexual abuse happens all the time. Believe me, I know. But the vast number of people who came in with no memory of this go to remembering being assaulted over and over again, sometimes by huge groups of people, by Teal, with Teal using the same suggestive language that Barbie Snow used on her. That's alarming because most all da data and research has shown that people don't just have these massive chunks of their life not in their brain and suddenly as a 30-year-old remember like this huge, you know, gang assault. Yeah. It's almost like hypnosis. It is hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So for one, the point I've been trying to impress upon you is what you know, what about these people who have been accused of these things? So some of whom perhaps did nothing of the sort, like during the satanic panic, which we talked about. Many children went through immense trauma having to hear and talk about violent sexual abuse that they did not go through, but then are being kind of coached into having these memories and then going to the stand, accusing their family members, putting their family into jail and then coming to realize years later that they were coerced into those memories and effectively put their family in jail for nothing. That's deeply traumatic in itself. That's like so heartbreaking. Imagine having a child. And like, you know, it's got to be hard to be a parent. I imagine you're not 100% all the time. No. But then they're like 14, 15 years old. And they're like, mommy took me to a satanic ritual where I was gang raped. I'd be like, what? No, I didn't. Yeah. And I mean, it was they're they're doing this to kids who are six, seven, eight years old, they, they, whose minds are complete, malleable globs. So they're really yes-anding these kids into these wild stories. And again, this is not saying that kids are not abused by their parents because that happens 
all the time. Yeah. However, for this one group of people, every single person had a satanic abuse. Right. And the accusations that come are so um, unrealistic and so there's there's no shred of evidence whatsoever of it. There's a book called The Memory Illusion by Dr. Emily Shaw, which I definitely recommend you read. It's really interesting and it's not hard to read. She discusses the Fells Acre Daycare Center case of 1984. It was one of the many daycare centers that got entangled in the satanic panic and it put people in jail with no evidence. Um, again, not poo-pooing the idea of adults abusing children. I'm c- condemning the legal and moral uh, issues without any sort of evidence. There was so much evidence, in fact, to the, the contrary that anybody had done anything in these cases, but it still put people in prison. So where inept investigative forces looked for a means to an end, not being concerned with objective reality. It's like they Yay. wanted jammed because they just wanted the satanic thing to exist. Right. It's a means to an end because they already decided this happened. And then they go, how do we make these kids figure, like, how do we pull this out of the kids? Even if they kind of half believed it, it's not, we've learned over time, that's not an effective way to interrogate somebody is to they go like, well, maybe you did have this thing happen to you, right? Do you remember it? You don't? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't remember? You can go home if you just, you know, or you know you're tired, but if you can just let me know this happened, that's not effective. Dr. Emily Shaw writes this. Being a skeptic means seeking evidence to support claims rather than just assuming them to be true. Being a skeptic is different from being a critic, as critics are actively trying to find fault in the argument, while skeptics are looking for evidence both for and against a claim. What we can be sure of in the Fells Acre case is that at the time of the allegations, most of those conducting the investigations were not skeptics. Rather than skepticism about the fantastical stories of clowns, robots, and lobsters molesting the children. Which is what the kids were saying because they got yes anded into it and started just saying all of these things. The clown molests a robot clown. Mm. The interviewers assumed that these were reasonable descriptions by the young children who did not understand their experiences. A burden of proof was dismissed in favor of an explanation that fit the desire to catch the predators that were assumed to exist. Yeah. So, again, that's that's what they were. They went. They went. We assume now that these people are all in a satanic cult molesting children. So how do we figure this out? How do we get to that end cause by... I guess, by injecting this information into the kids and getting them to say it. But then the kids, when they're just trying to please the adults and trying to, like, do what is being asked of them, start, like, doing all this, saying all this really impossible stuff. In child psychology, they will um, differentiate their behavior in order to appease the adults. Totally. So Teal has implemented this concept where the predators that are assumed to exist within this depression, anxiety, and the thoughts of hopelessness inside of her followers, you know, there's a reason you're feeling this way. Let's come up with a monster so you can begin to heal. And who really cares if it's truth or not? But she doesn't say it in that way, but that's what she's doing. Yeah, because it's not the truth. It's just whatever makes you feel good. Basically. Um, but and unfortunately, when she's doing that, it's not only going to confuse people. That's not mentally healthy for you to come up with fake scenarios. You're also implicating real life people a lot of the time who perhaps didn't do those things. No, sending them to jail. So that mm-hmm. clown robot lobster went to jail. He should have. I wish we we still are trying to find him. He's on the run. He's a master of disguise. He really is. 
So some of my skepticism towards Teal is also outlined here in this book further on. So she goes on to say, In this case, there really was a shocking lack of evidence. Some of the allegations, including the horrific account of involving the butcher's knife. The butcher's knife is in reference to a little girl. This is very dark. Um, but this little girl got to a point where she was saying that a man stuck it inside of her body. So that should have left scars or wounds, yet there were no scars or suspicious injuries on any of the children. It would have also been reasonable to assume that if such heinous atrocities were repeatedly occurring, some of the other teachers might have noticed something amiss. Right. And we were talking about this with Teal's own backstory that so many of the things that she has said she went through would have left a lot of physical damage. Yeah, or other people would have noticed Somebody. around you. And, and you know, this is, again, there are lots of instances of child sexual abuse that are very insidi insidious and that you wouldn't be able to see, which is why it makes it so purely evil that somebody would take something from somebody so innocent. Yeah, because it makes those cases dismissible. Yes. When that it, can happen. Yes, and it makes it a lot more difficult to discern what really happened. However, in these situations... These things physically couldn't have happened um, without any evidence showing it. So essentially what you're kind of alluding to or leaning into is like, well, they're satanic cults. They probably have some kind of magic. And they don't usually say that, but it's sort of implied that, well, we don't know. They're like Satanists. So they might have some like witch stuff they do, Jeez. you so, know? Like who are the adults here? Were these like religious zealots that just wanted to send adult like people to jail? I think it does more often occur in places that are a little bit more um, caught into the, yes, the more of the spiritual uh, fanaticism. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it would be, I think, a little bit more difficult in certain places that are like more urban um, to, to allow these sorts of things to go on. But I don't think that's even true all the time. I think probably this can happen anywhere. Yeah. People go to jail all the time from just somebody pointing a finger and being like, they did it. Yes. And, and they did nothing. People in general who make false claims about rape it's, are very rare. It's very few and far between. Yeah. So uh, we're not talking about that. And it hasn't been like one in four women been raped. Isn't that the stat? Yeah. So that's a lot. And way more men than we know because they won't come forward about it a lot of the time because it's, it's not... Manly. It's not cool and manly. And also, like, um, like I was taken advantage of sexually in a yeah. bathroom, and yeah. I was drunk, so I, I just had to, like, had to crawl and pass out somewhere. Yeah. And my own mother never believed me because, like, I didn't have the scars. Right. And, like, where is he? So that can happen. Of course. I, I mean, same, similar things in my life, too, where there, I, I, if I were to have to present physical evidence of what happened, I wouldn't have it. And and that's true in a lot of cases. Yeah. Whenever we're, however, talking about prolonged, violent. The um, lobster clown. And even just with the butcher knife. Even within Teal Zone stories about like being sewn into the corpse and all that stuff. It, you know, things that can't happen like that. That's that's going to be a challenge if you were actually assaulted. And then these other things are kind of put in there somewhere. It's going to be even harder to discern. And also, if it's not true, you're, um, you know, making it harder for people who've actually gone through shit. And Yeah, I think that's why I get like so clustered. I just opened a like a little espresso martini thing um, because I'm just like, you know, listening to this, you're just kind of like, but but it's not. And like, so this happens so much to so many people and mm -hmm. this isn't true. And like you're you're taking something you yeah. know, from the from the people that it's happened to. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's very selfish. So, yeah, uh, this is, you know, Teal's own claims of her own childhood abuse were sort of in this realm of being things that would have left immense physical damage and didn't she didn't have any of it. But the number of little kids who came into these scenarios saying nothing happened to them, who then went through the rigorous interrogations and repeated invasive physical exams, you know, I consider that kind of a form of its own abuse that's really traumatic. Yeah, you're getting questions by these adults and like adults are looking at your privates repeatedly. Yeah. That is, that's traumatic. Yeah, and so at the very least, Teal is only dealing with adults in this. As far as I know, she's never treated a child and I hope she hasn't. So the present danger of Teal is that she's using these forms of memory recovery therapy and people are recovering all these things that happened to them in childhood childhood recovering quote unquote can you recover something nice in your childhood just like make up the you know that one time you went to the mountains and then you saw that donkey and it winked oh doing like a recovery of just like a fun memory yeah, <laughs> yeah. why is it always bad just make up something that was awesome yeah. i rode a roller coaster to school Woo! we still to this day don't have an accurate perfect way to be able to tell when a child's been abused and how to do it without completely traumatizing them. We still don't know as a society how to handle that. But the 80s version, the Barbara Snow version, child will deny it. And then you give them a bunch of horrific suggestions and then they'll agree with you. Is not it's not it. Wow. It I ain't thought, it. It ain't it. I thought the satanic panic was just like, play this record backwards and the devil speaks to you. I had no idea it was all of this. Yeah, but that record thing also plays into it where it's like, how to make sure your children avoid Satan, Satan's cults. I know. And it was all like ACDC. And now they love this music. I know, right? Like those people. They're like, I love this classic rock. But you thought this was the devil music 20 years ago. Yeah. And in music, you know, music can't do that anyway. So, you know, I don't know what the correct answer is of how to deal with child abuse. I don't know why I would have the answer. But, you know, we've learned that Snow's process of feeding children, if you remember in, we were talking in one of the last episodes, her process was basically gaslighting. Remember when we went through that process of like denial and then admitting, then saying, wait a second, no, I didn't. And then admitting again. It's like this whole process of hers essentially how you gaslight somebody. And yet, you know, we know that that doesn't work anymore, and yet there are scared people, paranoid of child abuse, understandably, who continue to use these methods and go to people who use these methods because they're so afraid of child abuse. And Teal is included in one of those people. This is also from the memory illusion. According to a comprehensive survey published in 2014 by memory scientist Lawrence Petihis from the University of California, Irvine, and his colleagues, Misconceptions about repressed memories have declined since the satanic panic, but certainly still exist. In their large international sample, 6.9% of clinical practitioners believed that many traumatic memories are often repressed, as did 9.9% of psychoanalysts and 28% of hypnotherapists. So it's still a vast minority of um, medical professionals who believe these huge chunks of our brain are repressed. 6.9%. Because I feel like a clinical practitioner, that's like, say, 100 people in a room. 6.9% mm -hmm. out of 100 people, that's, what, six people? I don't know. Six, almost seven, yeah. So, you know, it's it's not the vast majority, but it's enough to still be concerning. And, you know, you put Barbara Snow, who's still operating right now, in that percentage of who's saying, yes, we hold these huge caverns of time that we can just completely erase until 
superhero therapist comes along and goes, no, this is in your body, no, your brain more than you. Part of Teal's teaching, there's a very tough love aspect to her, her methodology. Tough love may be a bit of an understatement, like an easy hatred, a light resentment. <laughs> what do I mean by this? Well, there's this permeating my way or the highway methodology in her world. She used to say things like, don't stick with me. Like back in when her she was first making videos, she would say, oh, learn from so many teachers. Just, you know, take a little bit from here. Learn from a variety of sources. But when her, some of her followers began doing this, she started to accuse them of not listening to her or teacher hopping. You're not taking my advice. This forceful way of handling delicate emotional states isn't always the best for the student. One of Teal's most loyal followers was a woman named Leslie Wangsgaard. Leslie was someone who had suffered from depression for most of her life and had been on antidepressants for a lot of her adult life and, you know, would take things up. She did be like belly dancing to, to combat the feelings, which is something a lot of people do. That's healthy. I go to the gym when I'm feeling horrible. Yeah. I mean, there is scientific evidence to say that that lifts your mood. So she, along with her husband, whose name is John Wangsgaard, they were already curious kind of spiritual people when they met Teal the old-fashioned way in a dog park. Hmm. So they weren't seeking her out, but they were already in that Utah community of just like hippy-dippy, you know, checking out the different spiritual realms kind of thing. Yeah. So they met her and they started following her practicing. This is early on in her, her guru career. And John the husband, who is interviewed for The Gateway, says he was immediately kind of obsessed with Teal. He uses, he uses the word attracted, but then he immediately goes, not sexually, not sexually, spiritually. It's okay to be sexually. I mean, he was married, but she's gorgeous. Sure. But he, he said it in a way that was like, oh, I was my soul was attracted to her soul. Yeah, my soul got a hard on. Yep. <laughs> so Teal told John that they were friends in a past life he ba she basically did this thing where we're like, which she does with a lot of the people who follow her, you and I are connected in this way. It's just we've been together before. She told me about some of her previous incarnations. Um, probably the most notable was we weren't married, but she was, you know, in the same Eskimo village where she perished. They went out on a, on a I believe it was a, a whale hunt. And she actually drowned. So that's cool to make shit up. You know what I mean? Natalie, sure, sure. I knew you back in Ireland when you were a leprechaun and I was a milkmaid. And I owed you $100 back then? Yes. That's so I have to pay. You have to pay that now. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't. I didn't know. As this probably made clear, she, Teal, believes in re reincarnation, which is a dangerous part of her suicide beliefs. Oh, because you just reset, you come back. Yeah. So we'll and we'll get back into that. But she, you know, lived a million lives. I think at one point she said she was well, she's a Eucharist for sure. And I think she said she was the reincarnation of Jesus cool. at some point. Oh, she also there's also a spiritual leader in India. She said he she was him. Yes, that yes. Anyway, Leslie and John, they join her little community and they quickly become deeply involved with her special form of uh, lifestyle, her yeah. special lifestyle. And it really kind of led to them being cut off from everybody else. They kind of, Her friends have spoken up about the kind of, they wouldn't talk, Leslie wouldn't talk to them anymore. Oh, so my God. So while in this community under Teal, 
Leslie decides to stop taking her antidepressant medication because she was being told that it was blocking her spirit hole. I, I just made up spirit hole. I don't I like spirit hole. <laughs> that sounds like I'm going to come for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in essence, that's what they were saying to her, which is just oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. Don't take your drugs because it's going to cut you off from being spiritually aligned. Because God forbid I'm level headed about something. Sure. She Now, Leslie had wanted to get off of these medications before, so this was not a brand new idea presented to her. However, both her husband and Teal, just as a blanket statement, kind of insist that most people on medications can't reach their full spiritual potential. And then, you know, it's like basically saying to Leslie, you know, it's fine. Like, you can just not be spiritually enlightened and just, like, take your medication. It's cool. Don't oh, worry like about it. We'll just, we're just, yeah, kind of. But you got to go talk to a doctor because if you just, if you just get off medicine and your body's, like, reconfigurating itself, you could do harm. Yes, absolutely. And she was weaning off of Lexapro during this time, which is notoriously very difficult, um, especially without any medical professional monitoring or assistance in any way, which she was not receiving. While she was doing this, coming off of Lexapro, she was also doing recovery therapy with Teal. And wouldn't you know it, she suddenly remembered at this time that her father had molested her as a child. Whether there was any real history of this in her home, she had not thought these thoughts until Teal guided her. So... Listening to her husband speak on Leslie is both haunting and, and pretty sad. Teal had once said to Leslie that she had never seen a soul wanting so, to so desperately leave her body. <gasps> this is so disturbing for obvious reasons. Can you imagine saying that to a suicidal person? No. She was not doing well, and, and Teal says this to her. Teal also said, and this is directly from her mouth, that she was getting agitated with Leslie because Leslie wasn't getting better. And yeah, she's getting off this medicine that's like has has done stuff to her neurons, her body, her fabric of her being. And and I think from Teal's perspective, it was looking bad on her. Right. So she's going, I'm giving you advice and you won't follow through with it. And so at one point, Teal says to her, you have to commit, either choose to live or choose to die. Whoa. And very shortly after that, Leslie took a bottle of prescription pills and she passed. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Get the fuck out. So if you ask Leslie's close friends and family who were not a part of Teal's army, they do not think highly or kindly of either Teal or actually Les Leslie's husband, John. It's very sad. Ooh, sorry, this took a second. I mean, she's on Lexapro. I I smoke, yeah. you know? And if you told me, like, quit smoking, like, I would have withdrawals. Of course. And then you would tell me, like, then maybe, you know, I've never seen a soul want to leave its body so bad. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Yet, her husband, John, not only doesn't point a finger at Teal's harmful behavior. He had sex with her? Oh, he wishes. No fucking way. <laughs> He still seems mildly obsessed with her to this day, even calling one of his ex-girlfriends who he had after Leslie's passing jealous of Teal because he had her magic health paintings all over his house. He says after Leslie died by suicide, he received a few sessions from Teal, like healing sessions, but he can't see her anymore because he can't afford to. <gasps> 
So his wife, no. yeah, his even wa- sorry, <laughs> even though the whole reason he's in this mess is because of her, mm-hmm. and he wants, oh, he's so far gone, yeah, because he still wants to see her, yeah. It's it. I, that's how I feel. Um, his wife died under Teal's watch, and all he can do is fantasize about the day he can raise enough money to spend an hour with Teal before he dies. How much is it? Four hundred dollars. I mean, yeah, I think to go to see her one of her speaking engagements, it's a few hundred dollars, but then there's. You know, you have to travel, you have to get there and all yeah. that stuff. You got to buy the special potion. You got to get food. They got a little snack truck out back. Yeah. You know? And she's not all often in America now um, because she has her her communes off out of the country. because She got in trouble. So beyond that, there are people whose families have spoken out about their family members who have taken their lives directly after speaking with people on Teal's private Facebook group. And that's people I was maybe talking about a little bit before. She wasn't talking to these people personally, but, you know, they had gone into Teal's Facebook group talking about suicide over and over again. And there's no one directing them to speak to any mental health professionals, nobody like reaching out to their family members. But you could also look at it and say, well, this was a place for them to speak freely to people without judgment. And for the most part, it seems like whenever somebody came into this Facebook group of Teals saying they were suicidal, that people would mostly, you know, try to comfort them and tell them they were cared about and seen, which I think that's great. That can be very helpful. Yeah. And yet all of Teal's sort of like toxic methodologies also permeate that group. And her words on on suicide have been pretty fucked up and her followers kind of have a lot of these beliefs as well so one of her videos which has been since removed from the internet was one of her most notorious ones was about suicide oh she said it's a reset button and then she said uh, oh but you know what they reincarnated two days later and the audience goes oh and i was like oh my god they're gone you know she's talking about leslie in that speech that's who she was talking about really do we really want this to work And what's interesting is when she asked herself that question, the answer was no, I'm done. So there's nothing that any healer could ever do for that type of vibration, which is totally fine. From source energy, there's nothing wrong with death from that perspective. So she chose to commit suicide. Interestingly enough, it took her about two days before she was reincarnated again. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a... She calls suicide a great reset in this video. The internet is forever, my friends. You can pull it down, but it doesn't go away. What suicide is, is pushing the reset button. It's not a good or bad decision in and of itself. It's not something that source either condones or condemns. Those who, for whatever reason, find themselves unable to find that alignment, we don't need to condemn their decision to commit suicide. Really, once they do, we must understand that that is relief and it is release and they have set themselves free and they have pushed the reset button and they have reemerged with source perspective. And you know, her belief system, she openly speaks about that with her followers. And just like you were just talking about Amber, she doesn't really mention Leslie a lot because it was one of her early followers who she did not, in my opinion, take care of. And and in that engagement, she tells the group, oh, well, I did have, I lost one of my followers. Um, I lost one of my students. 
again, kind of victim blaming at the time where she was like, she didn't really want to be here. Nobody could help her. But don't worry, within two days, she was reincarnated and everybody's just like, yay, and applauding. And oh, that's nice. What's weird about this is you kind of have to dig deep for this info. Oh, she... There is a lot of her stuff that got scrubbed after yeah. she started getting criticized. Because if you're on Instagram every day, she's just stories every day. They're very cute stuff. Very cute. Yeah. She's making YouTube videos. She is a content machine. So that mm-hmm. kind of like criticism just gets buried further and further in. Well, also her really dark part, the things that are really shocking get deleted and moved and pushed down in favor of her little cute things, her little memes and her little crossword puzzles goes, the first three words you see is what you're manifesting this month kind of videos. I saw a girl post uh, one of her videos on her page and just be like, you know, what do you think, y'all? And just like people were commenting. And I was like, this is, where do you find out how much of a toxic person this is? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Which is why I get people who may just see the surface videos of hers be like, what's your problem? It's like, I'm not here to just take her down, I swear to God. It's just very concerning. Um, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not a hater. I don't have any agenda against her. But these things are very disturbing. And it's just important to be able to, to see for yourself to discern when something is a red flag and when it isn't. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. So, you know, within this, she's basically giving people carte blanche to not worry about it. You know, this woman who I failed, she doesn't say she failed her, but this woman who who to- who died by suicide, she was she started anew again in like two days. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. A lot of people believe in reincarnation. It's not a radical new concept she made up. The problem here is that Teal not only says she has the answers if you're feeling suicidal, she act- is actively seeking out people who are suicidal. And when Leslie died, she defensively says on you know public record that no one could have helped her. I know that she couldn't have been helped by anybody because I couldn't help her. And if I can't help her, no one else professional could have helped her. And she, she again kind of victim blames her. Ugh, oh, my God. Imagine taking your own life and then you die and they're just like, that bitch. I mean, <laughs> I'd be so mad from the grave. I, yeah, I mean, she's being spoken of like, oh, she just couldn't. Her body was just like, her soul was like so they needed to get out. You asked me to do this and you got me off my meds I needed. Yeah. And yep. my husband abandoned me. Yeah. Yep. The, you know, she's her saying she couldn't have helped Leslie. In reality, if you recount the timeline of events, it suggests that Teal sort of dared her to do it. I double dog dare you. A little bit. And allegedly, it's not just the suggestion by her sometimes, but an actual command. Oh my 
God. So kill yourself. <laughs> one of one of Teal's ex-boyfriends, who very openly and very clearly struggles with mental health, but I want to preface that just by saying like that doesn't mean his voice doesn't deserve to be heard. Um, he's a, a man who's named Jared. He did an almost four-hour interview on the podcast Mormon Stories. So Mormon Stories is a pretty well-known podcast covering stories of people who have left the LDS church. I heard some of those. You can see a lot of seething anger in some people that is just like buried deep mm -hmm. because they want to come across as like um, listenable. Sure. You know, and not just like screaming, but they have a lot of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of rage. So Jared, um, the reason he was on this podcast because like many others who found Teal back when she was still based in Utah, he was a member of the LDS church. So he, she did have a lot of ex-Mormons because she was right in that community when she was first starting And out. that is ripe for the picking. Because some oh, people, yeah. I mean, if you want to be Mormon and that's your thing and you love it, whatever. But if you're like not into the church and they're ostracized and mm -hmm. you're usually kicked out very young and you have yeah. nowhere to go and you're spiritually confused, this yes. is perfect. Yes, and Jared was disenfranchised. He felt disenfranchised by the church and was unhappy. And often it's, you know, studies suggest that if you have been in a cult-like environment, you often kind of just like turn and step on a different rake wow. when you come out, you know? I was in UCB, so let's see what I, I do know. next. Oof. You're a podcaster. <laughs> I guess so. I'm in this cult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, his rake was teal. He was there pretty early on, actually, and he helped her launch her wellness career and became her boyfriend. Um, he did things like created her website for her early on. So this interview with Jared is a four-hour interview. It's very long. But if you have any interest in watching the whole thing, I would say the first hour and a half or so is mostly recapping her story. So you could probably skip it. Like what everything we've already talked about on the show. <laughs> is he cute? Um, he is a handsome guy. All right. You can tell that he's struggling mentally. I can help him. <laughs> oh no, Amber. <laughs> Go find him. <laughs> yeah. So he found this place with Teal where she was kind of validating how he felt oppressed in this other community, which was very sexually repressive and it was not like that with them. Oh yeah, baby. Take that shirt off. Sure. You know, I recommend listening to it. It's really, really long. But again, if you feel like you want to get it, uh, there's a lot of things he talks about, a lot of points that are made, but I'm not going to talk about all of them. One of the things that he claims in this sort of stunning interview is that at one point she directly tells him to kill himself, Whoa. that she can't help him. And so no one can. Whoa. He institutionalized himself shortly after this. I mean, that's better than killing yourself. Yeah, but it is, it's sort of, he sort of alludes to the idea that he did it because she had kind of wrapped his mind around this idea that he was so messed up that he couldn't be saved and he was going crazy because he went straight from completely sheltered Mormonism to this like left, you know, left, far left wing, like freed uh, another cult, essentially just on the other side of the yeah. The spectrum. I feel so bad for him. Such a tender, oh. He's, yeah, he's, I personally feel very moved by him. He, you can tell he's not like all there, but he's very open about that in his mm -hmm. journey. You know, we don't have, while we don't have direct evidence of this, only his claims that this happened, we do have Teal on record saying something very similar in regards to Leslie, that she couldn't help her. And so obviously nobody could. 
Jared makes many other claims in this interview. And while it's very interesting, there are a few moments that are rather gruesome, just as a fair warning to everybody. Stuff that he says happened while they were together that is a little bit like, oh, my God. Uh, but then again, if we're like in this sort of world of truths or what is, you know, real, he could be making it up. Yes. However, when he's speaking on what I'm talking about, he's recounting it. He, he's he gone through a lot of work to know what he knows that some of the stuff was fake to him like that was not real memories and yeah. like things that were actually real and he did he's worked for many years to kind of discern that yeah so for her part just so we're clear teal says on a now deleted blog post that quote a member of our communal family fallon is a psychopath paranoid type who is trying to recover there's a lot going on in that sentence so she called him a psychopath also changed his name his he she, he was no longer Jared whenever they were together. Teal renamed him Fallon. And that's what cults do. It's no longer your name yeah. and your identity. And that's what like, you know, you know, you go into these camps and you're no longer your name. It's like one, two, four, five. You have a number. Yes. So she renamed Jared Fallon. Um, and then they do make a joke about that on the Mormon podcast being like, listen, if some if you are given a new name, it's probably a cult. Just so everybody's yeah. aware. But God, she what calls if they named me like Barbara. What if the cult leader hated me and she was just like, your new name, bitch. Your name's turd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She also openly just diagnoses him on this blog as a paranoid psychopath um, who is trying to recover, which is not how psychopathy works, by the way. Also, Jared talks about this on the podcast saying that while he thinks he has these, you know, he's been treated for a long time now, that while he does have maybe these other ailments that he almost certainly is not a psychopath and but but uh teal tried to convince him of it for a long time that's gotta make me feel crazy yeah if you're just like someone's like you're a psychopath you're a psychopath I'm like, no, no, i mean that he institutionalized himself after that because it made him really crazy so jared is far from the only former close associate to come forward with some of these pretty disturbing claims another woman who was there at the same time as jared actually um and her name is cameron clark also had a run-in with Teal, where Teal basically tells her to shape up or go die. Good Lord, she's like a mean girl. Oh, she is a Regina George, a hundred percent, where everybody's just like, well, Regina George wears her shirts like this now, so now we're all wearing her shirts like this. <laughs> like, please punch me in the face. Yeah. Um, for sure. So here is Cameron Clark being interviewed for a show called The Not-So-Sacred Radio Show. There was a book called The Woman Code that she asked us to read, basically about women's bodies and the hormones and blood types and things that we go through, stuff like that. So I read the book, sort of interested in it. And then I go up to her house and, and she tells me one day that uh, my blood sugar's off and that her cat Cosmos is a holographic soul projection from the planet Sirius. And he right. telepathically sending me image to, images to tell me that my blood sugar's off. And that there's a problem with my pancreas. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I just read about blood sugar and its effect on the body. In that book, you recommended me read The Woman Code. And I yeah. said it very nonchalantly, offhand manner. And she instantly bristled and took offense to it. She was completely just on, a, on defense mode and claimed that I was questioning her integrity and that I didn't trust her. And she basically got all of the people in the room to sit around and watch her break me down. And in the process of doing this, she tried to 
tell me that I was passively suicidal. She instantly jumped to saying that I'm passively suicidal. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been suicidal in my life. And she said, what if I told you that you are passively suicidal instead? Mm. And I said, I don't know really what that means. And then she went into this whole spiel about how, you know, my, she can see my thoughts and she can see my vibrations and just trying to tell me that I'm just this very toxic person and that my energy is like needles. And she's saying that uh, I'm going to die of breast cancer and then I have a bunch of ulcers. And this is all news to me because I've never had any symptoms like this. And in the end, she gets me to this point where she claims that I am not committed to life and I should just get in my car right now and go get, she's like, go ahead, get in your car, go drive. And you need to take a drive and decide whether or not you're committing to life. She goes out the door and I'm just completely floored thinking, wow, this person is absolutely deranged. Like get in your car and go drive into a median is what I, what I took, took away from that experience. So, wow. So yeah, she, she has also used this, like this, uh, vocabulary on other people before publicly and on documented video of saying um passively suicidal like injecting this idea onto somebody i think you want to kill yourself no life is good i just you just don't know you just don't know that you want to oh my god this story is so crazy because we start with like her and like questioning her life and now it's here and like i believe this victim Oh, yeah. I don't I think believe, this woman's making it Yeah. Up. Like, why Why would she make it up? There's she, no benefit to making no, this up. No, she's not making money or anything. She's, no. She's just trying to tell this story because it was. she said it was the worst time of her entire life when she spent six months living with her yeah, if she were in the also, commune. Yeah. If she were also trying to be a cult leader, then I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe she's making right. this up. Right, right, right. She's just like, don't do this. Right. She's not even trying to be a public figure or anything. So- I don't know if it was confusing there, but the, I think the reason that Teal got mad is that she kind of unintentionally revealed that Teal had just read that herself and then said, oh, I see, you can see in your body that your blood sugar's off. And, and Cameron was, I think, just going like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I just read about that. And then Teal going, oh, you're, you're, you're trying to expose the fact that I just read about it. And so I'm not pretending that I can see in your body. Oh, my God. This, these kind of women freak me out. When I first started doing comedy, there were some like girls kind of like this. They would like, you wouldn't do well on stage. And they'd be like, why don't you just kill yourself? They would do stuff like that. Ugh. I know. Well, they, I went off air. I want to know who that is. <laughs> you know, they, and it just like freaks me out. Yeah. And then there's another woman named Tori McClellan who's spoken out, who was a close confidant and friend of Teal, again, when she had begun her guru journey outside of Salt Lake City. Um, I think a lot of these stories from people who have these bad experiences come from early on because I think at that point, Teal realized she had to zip up the community she had. She could only have a very cl small collective of people who wouldn't um, stray from her. And so as soon as these people started getting upset, she kind of just like circled the wagons around this very tight community of people around her. Wow. And also you get scared and you don't want to be the outsider. Oh, well, all of these people who've spoken out, you mean? Yeah, I mean, they didn't for many years because they were scared. But this woman, Tori McClellan, she also was a local uh, outside of Salt Lake City, um, a few years younger than Teal. Tori had met Teal at a local woo-woo kind of you know, magic shop called the Cosmic Spiral, which I totally would have gone to. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. It's gone now. But and it's a place where Teal was already giving um, like Reiki energy readings or some shit, you know, like in the back. That's so fun. And those energy readings are like $80. Yeah. No. And she was already developing this like very um, 
like dedicated crew of even the people who ran the shop were just like, oh, she's incredible. She's incredible. And um, also the Cosmic Spiral, it made me think of the band Mystic Spiral from the, the show Daria. And I wish they would have named their <laughs> store after Trent Morganorfer's band. Anyway, that's one of my cartoon crushes. Anyway, Tori and Teal became buds and partners in I've this mystic this, pursuit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've seen this picture because they're yeah. both babes. Oh, yeah. I'll post a pic, pic of them uh, on socials, but just a couple of babes reading auras in a field in this picture. Amber, I totally think we should recreate this photo, by the way. Yes! Yeah. So, <laughs> so Tori says that early on in their friendship, Teal would tell the stories about the satanic cult. This is after she had already seen Barbara Snow. So this is like the mid to late 2000s at this point. Um, and she's, you know, Teal's telling Tori about all these things that had happened to her. In fact, within a year of hanging out with Teal, she starts telling Tori that they grew up together. I said, and I'm saying telling Tori. So she's telling Tori that Tori grew up with her. Yeah, you grew up with me, Natalie. You grew up with me. And you're like, no, I didn't. I did? Yeah, you grew up with me. We were best friends growing up. I I don't remember growing up But with it's you. my truth. Oh, my God. I, was I in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Holy shit. I feel like you'd be so mad if you are in Saudi Arabia. I don't think I would have done very well. I think people would have tried to kill me. <laughs> so not only that, but then she starts saying that Tori was also in the satanic cult with her. Tori was pretty gobsmacked at this. First of all, they did not grow up together. They grew up in different parts of Utah. Secondly, she remembers her childhood, and she knows she wasn't in a cult. And this is eerie, and also, like, I like the fact that they would binge watch spiritual stuff. Like, come on, man, don't you ever watch like Modern Family? I know. Open up some Pringles. Why is everything got to be so spiritual and elitist all the time? I know, and I think that like many cult leaders, Teal probably does do that, but doesn't show anybody because you know a lot of cult leaders too who like preach like sobriety and clean living end up you find out they've been taking like. You know, uh, one of those seven quaaludes yeah. all day. Not that I have any. I don't know if, if Teal does anything at all. I'm not yeah, I don't that. know. But so if you heard that at the end, Teal wrote down Barbara Snow's name and handed it to Tori and tried to get Tori to go see Barbara Snow. No, no more of Barbara Snow. I know, man, I Let know. her retire at her little place in peace. Get she her out of here. Stop. She won't stop. Stop it. You fucking Karen. Get out of here. Truly. You know she's just going into Applebee's and like screaming at the waitstaff. Probably calling them Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> won't give me a second helping of snap piece. I think you're in a cult, and I think you've molested children, so yeah. you better bring it over here. You know she doesn't tip. Oh, no way. It's sort of like trying to get some like someone addicted to your same drug by sending them to your dealer. She's just like, just give it a little try. Give it, I promise. You go see Barbara, it'll all make sense. So Tori says that she went to a session or two and was creeped out, not into it. And suffice to say, their friendship didn't last. Um, it wasn't the only thing that caused a rift, but that early on was like very confusing to Tori because she didn't know what the what Teal's deal was, like why she was trying to convince her. Like if one of my friends tried to tell me my childhood happened differently, I would want to leave that friendship because that's yeah. really weird. Yeah. So the other, that's not the only thing. Um, Amber, I know you had found some information about this as well, but Tori was also sexually assaulted by a former colleague of Teal's. Um, this is uh, from evonews.com. In 2012, Tori McClellan was coercively raped by the creative spirit science, Jordan Dushnias. When she spoke out, Blake Dyer, 
a disciple of spirit leader Teal Swan and COO of her company, blamed Tori publicly. So if you'll recall, Blake Dyer is the gentleman that she ran to after she said she escaped the cult and he took care of her and he still remains to be her sidekick and to spir- this day. Yeah. And spirit science is the guy that like I fell asleep because mm-hmm. he started section one of being like your thoughts dictate your, your world. Mm-hmm. And then I fell asleep. And then 12, he mm-hmm. was just like. Jewish people are aliens. Yeah. And it's like, what happened 2 through 11? Yep. He's that guy. He's that guy. That piece of shit? No mm-hmm. way. He raped somebody? I can't All believe right. it. All right. Wow. Yeah, so. When Tori McClellan told her former friend and self-professed spiritual healer, Teal Swan, that she was raped by the creator of spirit science, Jordan Dushnez, she was greeted with sympathy that later turned into victim blaming and denial. For what it's worth, so everybody knows, um, Tori bravely got, she managed to record confirmation from jordan in a secret audio recording so, that he did in fact rape her so she has evidence like this yes. is evidence yes so police helped her with she because she decided she wasn't gonna like let this go and she compiled evidence it was a very brave thing to do even though of course like most times with rape you they do nothing about it yeah but they helped her get a wire on him and while she confronted him over the assault, and he he acknowledged that he did it in that recording. Oh, that, my God, that is a very brave thing to do. It is. That is such a hard thing to do. I mean, you're you're confronting your abuser, yeah, and then getting them to confess to it, yeah. And it's funny how Teal Swan denies the one thing that has evidence. Mm. It's kind of outworks usually <laughs> these fucking people. Anyway, on July second, two thousand seventeen, Blake Dyer, COO of Teal's company Teal I LLC, continued this trend, stating that Tori had poor boundaries and that Jordan was innocent of this crime, despite Jordan's taped confession. In his article, Dyer broke Dushnia's anonymity by mentioning his name and credentials in conjunction with this case, uh, because yeah. Spirit Science is a cartoon. And it's like a different pitch. So you don't know what he looks like or what he sounds like. He Not anymore. He used to show his face more. And then weirdly, after he confessed to raping someone, it became a cute little cartoon. Fun. Yeah. So um, I like that we are, you've said his last name like four different ways. And I never want to know how you actually say it. <laughs> His videos are pretty wacky. It's just like Reiki exercises. That's cool. Like he kind of gets right into it now. Mm-hmm. And um, you talked about um, spiritual ascension, how you can like dream and go above and go out in the universe and then come back and how cool that is. Yeah, he's pretty He's pretty magical. He's pretty up there. Do not trust these guys. And yeah, I mean, if you, it's not my bag again. I say Teal could, could have convinced me in a weak point. He's not one of them who could, by when you look at him, he's just wearing like a tie-dye bandana and like seven hookah bead next, uh, who could be necklaces. Yeah. It's just not for me. I'm not attracted to that. But um, I understand some people are. But if he was in a punk band. Yeah. He'd be like, I'm in. I'd be like, I'm listening. (laughs) Um, So the reason I'm bringing this up is because Teal, other than the fact that Blake, the COO of her company, issued a public statement about this, Teal has filmed content with Jordan. um, Like so much of both, even though, like, so much of both her and Jordan's content, it's been removed from the internet. I don't think that they have any sort of relationship now, but I think it's poignant to bring it up because her company made it the statement blaming Tori for allegedly allowing the rape to happen. That's horrible. I mean, I've for sure done comedy sketches with dudes that years later it came out that they were rapists. 
Um, and then I, but I wasn't like blaming the victim. No. I was just like, oh, I don't want to hang out with him ever again. No, you you can't know because it's such an insidious crime and rapists are often hiding in plain sight. Yeah. You can't know all the time if you're around somebody who's done something like that, but you find out and then you go, well, I guess that's over. Bye bye. And I don't blame the victim. No. So another former follower of hers named Andy Fellows has a YouTube channel discussing the damage that was done to him during the time of following her teachings. Well, he wasn't a person who had a close proximity and access to her. He's more of the second wave of like, oh, now we're all a community on the Internet kind of TL Swan follower or Tealer, as they call themselves. Um, I think that he does a good job breaking down point by point what he perceives as the negative parts of her content. Um, he also has spoken with other former members on his channel and often has lengthy streams with them. So I mentioned him because I found mention of his while he was being interviewed by another channel that he went from consuming episodes of the show Ancient Aliens. Which is fun. Sure. To finding Teal Swan videos in about five steps. Oh, that's what happens, especially if you're alone in a dark room. I mean, that's how like CIA gets you. Totally. Yeah, that's right. CIA is watching you right now. Oh, shit. So he also, of course, in that moment was seeking a better way of living. He was feeling like some depression feelings and stuff at the time anyway. So you need kind of both of A, B and A and B to get, to get somebody like a spiritual guru to like, you know, start getting in there and needling into your head. Um, but it made me think of how Cameron Clark also said from earlier in the episode, the, uh, the woman who said that Teal was like telling her to drive basically go off and get out of here. She had also mentioned that she found her way to Teal by consuming Alex Jones videos. Wow. Um, this is just like um, an insidious weed that grows out and you clip one stem and then you're like, oh, where's this coming? Where is it coming to here? You know? Yeah. And then you're in a forest. Yes. Yeah. And, and so both of those people had similar and, uh, and yet different ways of like finding that pathway to her, but they were – a skip and a jump. It wasn't like they were seeking out a spiritual guru. It was like, oh, you think this is cool. This is other, this woman who thinks she's an alien. So while both of those entry points surprised me a little bit, it makes sense. We started seeing this phenomenon infiltrate our world thanks to the little computers we keep in our back pockets that now just give us anything we want at all times. And that term is called conspirituality. Which I love conspiracy theories. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about aliens all day. Fuck Maybe yeah, they're man. in human skin suits. I love it. We all love it over here on Spun, probably. I imagine a lot of yeah. our listeners do. I love supernatural shit. I love outer space theories. I love cryptids, witches, all that shit. Hell I love yeah. it. I love questioning reality. I love it. Most people, are, I think, in our sphere do. But the problem comes in when these thought leaders weaponize a person who's feeling lost or confused or overwhelmed by all of these things. To be curious suddenly in a few steps leads you to cutting off friends and giving your money to a pretty lady talking directly to you in your fancy light box. Fancy light box is a computer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is predatory in a lot of ways. And this pretty lady here is telling you what you want to hear. The others don't understand you and she does. The suicide hotline is just a band-aid, she says. Hear what I have to say, that, you know, those people on the suicide hotline have never been through a horrific trauma like I have, which in itself is 
her being very misleading because many people who work in mental health counseling are there because they went through a deep trauma. Many also previously went through a suicide attempt, which is why they got into therapy. Yeah. But not according to her. She's the only one. She'll also tell you she has access to the Akashic Records. Oh, I've heard of that before. And what is it? It's basically every thought that's been or will be. That's too much. In one place that she has access to it. I bet a lot of it's boners. Oh, mostly it's boners. We like to think of all these thoughts of like something very beautiful and mystical, but I bet most of it is like holding your fart, holding your fart. Are you going to shit? Are you going to fart? Yeah, it is. And that's the Acoustic Records. See, you just just did it. She's trying to hold all this information. You just let everybody know. (laughs) She's trying to hold in that fart of information. So she, she also says she can see blood moving around in your body. She knows parts of your childhood that you don't even know. Sure, why not? She's seeing me and I'm in this community and all the people are clapping their hands when I talk about my problems and who really needs to fact check any of those claims? You know, I feel good. Who cares if she checks off a large percentage point of of points on the bite model? What's the bite model? So we're going to wrap it up here. We're almost done with this episode, but just so everybody's familiar, if anybody's unfamiliar... This is a based on research and theory by Robert J. Lifton, Margaret Singer, Edgar Sheen, a bunch of different medical professionals. All of their information was compiled and others who studied brainwashing in Maoist China, as well as cognitive dissonance theory. Stephen Hassan used all of this material and data and developed this thing called the bite model, which is to describe the specific methods that cults use to recruit and maintain people. And it's an easy thing to access online if you want to look up the BITE model, B-I-T-E. It stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotion. So those four words, each of those have a long list underneath of things that are common within call communities. And it's a really effective tool. There's not, it's not like you can just check things off and go, yep, that's a cult. That's not a cult. But if you feel conflicted or feel weird about something going on like this, you can go down, you can go through this checklist and go like, how many of these actually check off here? And if a lot of them check off, it's a bit of a warning. I did it with Teal and, you know, there's a good amount of her stuff that checked off as danger, warning, red flags. I mean, emotional control. We did that the whole episode on that. Oh, yeah. So... If you guys ever want to look that up, you can just literally Google bite model and it'll come right up. That's sort of how people end up. It's really different places, but it all boils down to feeling a little bit lost, a little confused yeah, and a little curious on top of it. People want to be in a community. They want to be understood. That's one of the basic human fundamentals. And then you have these people that are like, I understand you. Mm -hmm. I get you. But you better cut everybody else off because they don't understand. You are special. So let me just end this here by saying to Teal, hey, prove me wrong. We we are here on your side. You're not alone in the fight against this torture cult. You've talked about how you're scared to, you know, the reason that you don't have any evidence is because you're scared of them. We're here with you. I'm not scared. I will come fight alongside of you. I want to believe you. I want to bring this to light. Let us help you expose these people. Let us help you identify these children who you saw murdered and abused. Let us identify the other adults involved in the ritual abuse. If you want this sort of abuse to be given more relevance and taken more seriously, let's provide evidence to the masses. Let's get these people off the streets and expose them. Let's 
bring closure to these forgotten children's families. I will eat my hat. I will eat my shoe. I'll eat a bug and beg for forgiveness. If all of these things you said have proven to be true, then all these claims coming from outside people of your realm who are criticizing you or skeptic of you are lying. I want to help you. So, you know, let's find these people yeah. that you grew up with. If this is really happening, I don't want to see these kids murdered and abused and no. tortured. I don't want to see this at all. According to you, they're still out on the streets doing this. Let's try to stop it. Let's I'll, get them. I'll go. I'll go to Utah. Let's fucking expose it. We're close. We're pretty close. We get like, we get one flight. No, no layover flight to Salt Lake City from here. There you go. Yeah, it's like an hour. They just go and we can like check an axe in my checked luggage. Yeah. You go fight fight some satanic pedophiles. I'd like check my axe and my luggage in the carry-on. Also, I'm pretty sure in Utah you can just go into like a a BP gas station and buy a gun. So Right. You know, one of Teal's main tenets is that normal people or squares, I guess, wouldn't understand you and only she can. Well, I get that in the sense there isn't enough research done on, on suicide prevention and mental health care in general. So if you feel like maybe you are a little different or a little artsy or a little weird, I wanted to highlight the organization Punk Rock Saves Lives. Their mission is to focus on the lives of the communities in which they live, serve, and play. So they do a lot of outreach. They have support groups and Unlike Teal, they will actually, if you go to their site, they will refer you to mental health professionals and also um, they provide the resources for various um, needs on their site. So they do really good work, but also acknowledge that they are not mental health professionals. So we're going to give them a a donation. And if that sounds like something you could use, I would say check them out. If you want to volunteer with them, that would be awesome. Or, you know, give a buck or two if you can. www.punkrocksaveslives.org. There's the donate button right at the top and also the mental health button to get to different resources. And uh, just remember... We can't give you medical advice. We're not, please don't take medical advice from us or anything, but just be wary of anybody, please, who says that they have a connection to the divine and they you, you have to go to them for help. And give them money. Mm-hmm. And just that they have the answer and nobody else does. That's just always yeah. going to turn out badly. You should always look at other prospects and a good leader should want you to because they want you to come at questions. That's the final words of the spun. Whew. This is a lot. This, a lot of- this whole series has been a lot. Yeah. And we're just getting started, baby. It was just the first series of season two. Oh, my God. So are we done with Teal Swan? We are done. Wow. Done I mean, so. It's been a roller coaster. Like this whole like, how she was raised and then like what is truth? What is lies? Yeah. I can't believe someone can act this way. And then people coming out saying she said suicide's a reset button no it's not please talk to somebody yeah it's not guys just it, it i know it feels overwhelming but it's definitely not just a thing you can just be reincarnated in a couple of days so don't let anybody tell you that please all right yeah so everybody stay sane stay healthy out there we'll be back next week with a new series and i am natalie jean i'm amber nelson um, you can follow us at someplace underneath. You can follow me at the Natty Jean and Amber. A- Amber Smelson all across the board. We are Natalie and Amber, saucy, pert, and greasy as always. Peace. Hey, what's my house?
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.